Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Vorst. I'm one of the pastors at Life Church and the host for this podcast. And uh, it's a different day today because it is a youth podcast. I've got Roger here with me. Say hi. Yep. Or yep, it's fine too. Um, we didn't do very good on that last the last no, time we, we did didn't. this. I said everybody I say hi, Roger, and yeah. then I realized I that doesn't make any sense because there's no audience. The only audience in my office right now is like a whole lot of caffeine. So I yeah. uh, I have a coffee. Roger had a coffee and but it's it's sugar free, so there's no caffeine in it, right? That's how well, the coffee wasn't sugar free, <laughs> but the other drink that you had is from Wingstop. So my office reeks uh in a good way of wings you had the louisiana oh, I rub i can't smell nothing right now bro oh that's right because you have allergies yeah um louisiana rub and the hickory something hickory or other that you got so yeah. i ate my i made the mistake of eating my lunch before coming to work and then roger offered to get me wing stop but i was already full uh, these are apparently the problems that i yeah, have to deal a, with today. these are these are the hard-hitting questions <laughs> Not even close. Our lunch issues. Right. So now after that very lengthy um, introduction, one thing I do want to say is if this is your first time listening to the Life Church Camp podcast, let me apologize. I'm sorry because this is a lot of information that you don't need to know. Uh, But the important information I want you to know is uh, you can subscribe to this podcast in case you didn't know that so that you can get regular updates from us and, and know when a new podcast comes out. And then also uh, the, the primary podcast that we, we do is our sermons, uh, but we're trying to increase some of the other materials that we do as well. And uh, that's why Roger's here with me today. And then also I want to invite you, if you would like to, consider uh, giving to Life Church. Give a gift to the work that we get to be a part of. It's lifechurchcanton.org slash give. You're going to find out information about what your giving actually does, what it contributes to and uh, very simple steps for how you can actually make a gift. So, uh, with all of that said, let's move on. Let's talk about some youth stuff. stuff. The last time we just kind of did a broad overview of yeah. youth ministry. And then we're like, this is why we need to do this again. Yeah. We ran out of time. And so you put together some good thoughts for us to talk about today. Why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about? Yeah, so today we really wanted to tackle... Uh, life after high school. Hmm. <laughs> no, we uh, kind of that, but we yeah. want to talk about the uh, the idea of like careers and like how we decide what we should be doing once right. we graduate. And, right, which usually happens around your senior year. Yep. Um, some students are like proactive and start thinking about it. Yep. Middle schoolers, but yep, only a few. And specifically, we're going to be talking about how our faith and how the church. Yeah. yeah. Um, sort of coincides with all of that and intersects yeah. with that and does it matter does, does yeah. it even matter you know I'm, I'm excited about because i i didn't start thinking about that till probably three years into college and realized like oh gosh right i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing right <laughs> and i just switched my major and so my hope is that uh some student hears this and at least starts thinking about these questions yeah. before they're halfway through college and realizing like this is not what god's calling me to do right <laughs> And um, so that's one thing we're going to talk about. Then we're yeah. we're going to kind of break it down a little bit more specifically into sort of, um, and help me if I'm wrong, but like how how has God actually specifically wired you yeah. a little bit? Yeah. And, and maybe that can inform uh, what you as a as a student, yep. you know, choose to do. Yeah. Uh, so we can talk about that. And then 
um, you wrote down, consider the cost. Yeah. Tell me, well, yeah, we'll get like, to more yeah, of that. Yeah. And you don't just mean like, what's well, the cost of college, but like no. th- there's a greater cost yeah. emotionally, spiritually, all those kinds of things when you step into what God has actually called you to yeah. do, right? So we'll get to that. Uh, let's talk about the first thing. Um, your heading here is work is part of our design. Yeah. Tell me what you mean by that. So I think that's an important thing to talk about because um, when we talk about career, sometimes it feels like we're talking about, uh, in our faith, we're talking about like two things. Like there, there's our faith and what we do with what God has called us to do in the church and the community as a Christian. There's what we do with our career to like feed all of that off to the side. Um, but I would actually argue that those are supposed to be much more intertwined. Yeah. Um, and, and part of the reason I want to talk about work as part of our design is like there's almost this attitude that like, God only cares about what we're doing when we're engaged in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's any other kind of work, he's kind of indifferent, um, which actually is not scriptural. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of places in scripture that talk about how work is a part of who we are as human beings. Um, Genesis 1 talks about humanity's responsibility to steward the earth uh, and to be caretakers for the earth. And part of that is work, mm-hmm. um, which would also like make you maybe view those who do agricultural work like farmers in a different light. Because <laughs> yep, yep. they're living out that calling a little more than the rest yeah. of us. Maybe, one could yeah. argue. I, you have to, having that, well, I grew up, yeah. no, it's okay, because I grew up in a, a very um, small community, farming community, and there there is a different kind of mindset yes. um, as it relates to an understanding of God, because so much of what they do is is super reliant on, like, things that they can't control whether um soil erosion you know like little things like that and in terms of like the history of worship like religion has always been an important part of the ancient worlds uh how they understood agriculture right and how they understand working in the earth it was always tied to gods and to so it's i mean that's always been the case even right before christianity erupted i want to say came along but it's not it's not an accurate yeah uh, but that was always a part of like world religion it's understanding the relationship God's right. Agriculture. Let me ask a question too, because I think this is important, you know, as it relates to youth. Um, so I'm 38 years old, mm-hmm. and it's been a, it's been a minute since I was <laughs> in middle school and high school. Um, and so the way in which I thought about post high school and work and college, and and the way I was influenced yeah. when I was there. I wonder how different that is, that, that my experience was and is from what it currently is. Yeah. What, how, would you, what, how would you describe the culture of yeah. what kids are being, what students are being told? Um, where are they being influenced in any specific way? What, what are you seeing? Yeah, um, it's interesting. It's kind, of, it's kind of messy because I think in a lot of ways it feels like starting to understand what they want to do okay how they want to do it so i think this is you know they're just getting the point where they're starting to ask questions about after high school so i think this is like really fresh right now um i would say one of the things i've been impressed by just the amount of ingenuity and creativity when it comes to work Mm -hmm. from this generation um right we grew up learning like you go to college that's what you do that's how you make a living you gotta go to college you gotta but now you just see young people, like, I don't know, I feel like people kind of laugh at, like, YouTubers and things like that. But the reality is, like, this culture of YouTubing is, like, a new way to make a living that is not yeah. 
going to college. Yeah, my 10-year-old son uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago said, I think I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, like I feel really old yeah, now. Yeah, and we laugh about it, but at the same time, like, how cool is that? Yeah, that that's great. This generation is figuring out, like, there are other ways for me to make a living and to make money and right. to gather resources than just the, like, go to college, find a job. Right. Well, and even what you said there was interesting. Uh, there are other ways to make money, you said. And that was, like, the primary thought yes. when yeah. I was in middle school and high school is figure out what you want to do so that you can make money. Yeah. And Or, or maybe even more specifically is figure out how you're going to make money. Mm-hmm. It wasn't figure out what you want to do. It wasn't figure out what you're good at. It was like, this is your next step. You better figure it out. And I, I don't mean yeah. to demean making money. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just, um, what would I say? It's, it's a motivational, nuanced difference yeah. in how I was raised. Yeah. And, and even generations before us were raised. I mean, yeah. you think like, well, you don't, you don't get the privilege of thinking about what you're good at. Like you go and you better provide for your family. And I don't care what, if that means you drive a truck, if that means you flip burgers, if that means yeah. you're a janitor, then that's what it means. But you figure out a way to provide for your family. Now, yeah. it's specifically in the Western world, um, because they're not probably thinking about this in impoverished cultures internationally, <laughs> right? Like, what am I really good at? It's like, yeah. well, how do yeah. I provide for my family? How do I survive? Um, in the Western world, it is more... Um, and more affluent world you have the privilege of being able to have that existential yeah. questioning of like well what am I really good at yeah and I, I would definitely say well it appears to me that this generation definitely you know is, con- is concerned about money and finances I would say and I feel like it started with millennials um, not to say that like Millennials is word from Gen Z is just well, That's like, not a swear word, by the way. Millennials yes, is not a swear word. It is not. Okay. Um, but I think between these two generations of Millennials and Gen Z, uh, there's been a kind of, I don't want to say revolution because that's extreme, but there's been what seems to be a tendency to want and question that. Yeah. To want to question that and to say that that's not good enough. Yeah. Like, yes, I need to make money, but also my work needs to mean something. Yes. And that, that mindset has also been just really cool to see and to see young people like, ask the bigger questions and be right. concerned about like is this okay for me to is it okay for me to make a living this way it seems to be a question right. that gen z is pretty concerned with which has been really cool to be a part of those conversations that they're having totally and and even going back to my son who says you know i want to be a youtuber now that's going to change like every two hours like what he <laughs> wants to be and that's fine yeah he's 10 so um but there was no mention of like i want to do it because it because it'll make me money mm-hmm. or I want to do it because I know YouTubers make a lot of money. Like, yeah. I don't even know if he knows that, yeah. that, um, you know, and some of the more, obviously the, the more, um, accomplished YouTubers certainly make some money. Not all of them do, but, yeah. um, that wasn't even a, a thought of his, which I think is interesting. Um, and maybe that has something to do with our parenting because yeah. we just we probably don't put a huge influence in conversations. You know, we ask questions yeah. like, "What would, what do you want to be when you grow up?" or "What do you want to do?" And the way in which they're thinking about it, and some of this is by design of our parenting, is what contribution do you want to bring to the world? Mm-hmm. You know, not just what do you want to do to survive and to get yeah. by, but like one one question I used to ask our youth ministry um, back at, at my old church is what's a problem that you see in the world yeah. that you want to help yeah. fix and then figure out 
what job lines up with that yeah. or what you know field of study if that, if yeah. it requires that you have to go to school to to learn that yeah. and i think there's two culturally there's two kind of factors that have at least two have played into that one just social media like we talk a lot about how social media can be not always the best thing but there are good things that social media has done so mm-hmm. if you want to completely yeah for sure it. and one of the things is like this generation is growing up with a global perspective that, yeah like grew up with yeah I you mean, don't think even, you grew up with that i think i as much started to yeah but by the time i was really understanding it like i was almost done with high school yeah whereas like this generation like they like they got into middle school and they're already like right. understanding that because of social media and just the way that the internet used in general like having just a way wider mindset so i'd say hey they're they're they grow up with a more global awareness i still think in some ways it is Western centric, which is yeah. something I always try to challenge my students with. It's yep. like the world is bigger than all of America, so obviously there's still growth there for anyone, not just for mm-hmm. our generation or this generation. Uh, also, character. Um, I think one of the things that is happening now is there's a lot of conversations about character versus ability, mm. um, and maybe students aren't using that language. But a concern for like, is this person I see leading? Are do they have good character? Like, are they a good sure. person? Because Unfortunately, there's been a long track record in history in the past 20 years of, like, there wasn't character. Mm-hmm. And now we're finding out that there wasn't character hmm. in, in some of the leaders of the industry right, yeah. and yeah, some good of the point. public figures who have, have become very successful in what yeah. they do and how they make a living. Um, so I think there's more. I hear, I've heard a little bit of talk of, like, even some things teachers are teaching in, are teaching in classrooms of, like, ability isn't everything. I was yeah. kind of had this morning podcast this morning where they're talking about how like their teacher walked them through um uh, the idea of ability versus character like ability is important but character uh, and the idea that character is important until isn't important until it is right? hmm. this idea yeah. that like we hire people based on ability with little concern for character but then when we find out the character is not good that becomes a big deal right so, like, right yeah and, and just having conversations like that i think has also led to this generation being more concerned with like uh, do I have character or is this person who is leading is, is this and a lot of it has to do with leadership but is this person who is leading who I, who I am seeing be successful do they have good character right so I think that's actually a growing awareness too with this generation too yeah which I think is interesting um, in in the context of you brought up Genesis 1 you know and, and all of what you had said about um, sort of the theology of work is pre-fall right if we're following the the narrative, the creation narrative of Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Um, work is taking place yeah. before yeah. Um, sin, before brokenness, before yeah. the fracture, so to speak. And and it's part of the creation narrative. It's part of the beauty yeah. of creation. Um, it's, it's God empowering humanity yeah. to be part of something, to contribute. And... And there's no there's no toil with yeah. that. There's no like um, it's not a burden. Yeah, it's a it's an empowering uh, invitation, yeah. I guess. And then when the fall comes, yeah. um, then then there's still work, but you will you the will toil. Yeah, the, yeah curse the curse is, is that uh, you will work hard. You you will sweat yeah. <laughs> to yeah. toil and, yeah. and uh, to, uh, till the soil. To, to survive essentially yeah. and then and then we see that shift happen from empowerment to now this is like you kind of have to do this yeah so 
for a high school student who's thinking about, you know, well, if they're asking themselves those questions of like, how do I contribute to the world? How do I make the world a better place? You know, that phrase is probably overly used, but um, it's not, that's actually uh, a really good creational idea that people are, are connecting to God with, right? Yeah. Is that safe to say? Yeah. And understanding, I think one of the ways to, to fight the human experience uh, in, in, in the aspect of work being this like draining, toiling thing that never brings me joy and yeah. it's just the thing I do till I die. Right. But because uh, that is that is the temptation and that is a, a natural and extreme shows it's the natural human feeling a part of who we are is fallen creation. But a way to fight that is in the large part asking similar questions I think this generation is asking, which is like, how can I do something that puts food on the table but also makes me feel good about what I'm doing? Yeah. So I, I think even those kind of questions will help this generation hopefully end up in places uh, and spaces where they're enjoying what they do, yeah. even if it sucks sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I fully agree with that. And I would say also hold intention um, uh, allow, or make room for empathy for those people. Um, and maybe even some of those people listening are the parents who, who didn't get that privilege yes. to... Uh, to really kind of find out what they're good at. They just got into a job, they stuck with it, and they worked hard um, and and put food on the table. But, you know, maybe maybe it's hard, maybe it's fatiguing, maybe they didn't feel like they were yeah. contributing, you know, much to the greater world, and that's yeah. okay. Like, there, there should be no uh, resentment or regret yeah. for that necessarily. And... And I, you know, when I'm working with youth, I want to encourage them. Yeah, so like find out what you're good at, find out what you, how you're gifted. If you can do something that you love and make money at the same time, that's awesome. And recognize that most of the rest of the world um, is having to, especially in developing countries, they're, they're still having to do agrarian work, agricultural work. They might have to um, be doing a job that is considered less than or yeah. not as high status, and there's there's no shame in that. Yeah, and, and in fact, some people God has equipped to do that work too. I think we have right. to make, be very careful um, to not talk about careers as if God only works through lawyers and doctors. Right. Like that, there are there are people that God equips or pastors. Or <laughs> Uh, well, no, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, like yeah. sometimes we think, well, if you're a Christian, the, you know, and you're really passionate about your faith, you must then become a yeah, pastor yeah. for your job. It's like, yeah, no, that's this, not, that's yeah. not the only way that you can live out your faith. Yeah, as an adult. This idea that like, to be, if you're a good Christian, God wants you to be a pastor. Right. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not true. And I've had conversations with young people, um, a couple actually in this church about like. I love that you're thinking of your ministry yeah. and I love that you're passionate about that and, and I want to help you. But yeah. I also want you to be careful that you're not falling into that trap of like, I'm on fire for Jesus. Right. Therefore I must be a pastor. Cause that's not true. Uh, a be, being a pastor is hard. <laughs> it, it's difficult. Um, it's draining. Um, you know, being able to pastor two people is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we love it, but it was also hard. Um, and it, also in some ways, it's kind of a cop-out. Um, that, that's too strong. What'd you call me? It's, not, it's too strong. 
so in the <laughs> I should have led with the explanation. I'm kidding. No, I should have led with the explanation. So in the sense of like, okay, so I'm on fire. I want to share the gospel. I want to uh, do work in God's kingdom. I want to be used by Him to move, to move in the world and be yeah. hands and feet. Uh, probably the easiest way to do that is to be a pastor. Because then your whole job is to think through, sit at a desk for five hours on one day and think about how do I do ministry and how do I bring the gospel yeah. to people. And not, like, that's good, but I think... Which is not, <laughs> we do not sit at a desk for five hours yeah, okay. a day. <laughs> Let's, we should be clear <laughs> on, like, there are other things that we do. Like, yes. I've gotten so many questions. Yes. So, like, you're a pastor. Out. What do you do? Like, so you just, like, show up on Sunday and preach? Yeah. And then what do you do the rest of the time? Yeah, I get that yeah. on Wednesdays. Like, so what did you do this week? Well, yeah. well I spent all week getting Just ready for the Ate like, pizza, this. played ping pong. What yeah. else do you think um, I did? But yeah, I think it's harder. I've had conversations with friends who like are really concerned about bringing the gospel. I talk about like, I'm an engineer. I go to work. There's all this yeah. stuff I have to deal with. And, it, and I'm like, I, I feel like what I'm doing is like what you're trying to do is harder than what I'm trying to do. Because yeah. I have a context where it's acceptable, encouraged, and I am paid right. to talk about Jesus. Yeah. You're in a context where not only are you not paid or encouraged, but like there's big barriers. Yeah. Uh, in you know the workplace to to having conversations about the gospel and about Jesus. So, yeah, all that to say, like, I, just because you're on fire for Jesus doesn't mean that yeah. God wants you to go into ministry. Yeah, and there is there is absolutely honor in you going to a nine to five job or whatever yeah. the non paid ministry job to like then figure out how are you going to be salt and light in yeah. your place of work um, or in your home for that matter yep. you know uh, if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad um, that is honorable as well and that is a ministry and yeah we we have a built-in system at least for now uh, where people come to a building they sit in a chair or they watch online and they're expecting to hear us talk about faith and yep. Jesus and the gospel and so yeah in that sense I see what you mean that it is it's easier for us because it's the expectation yeah exactly. but for somebody going into an assembly line and wanting to talk to the person next to them about their yeah. faith that's hard yeah. that can be that can be um intimidating yeah. right I I want to ask one kind of like big level question okay. and then go to some like very specific uh like practical level do you think, and I don't think there's a right, I don't know if there's a right answer here. Okay. Do you think that there will be work in eternity in, in the sense of like, okay, so yeah. Jesus comes back, all of heaven and earth are united, we're resurrected. Yep. Um, so, like, will there be work? Um, I think so. Um, will, there, will there be work in the sense that we have to earn a paycheck in heaven? No. Um, right. Will there be work in the sense that um, we will have continual opportunities to live out being image bearers of God and of Christ um, by accomplishing things and creating things yeah. and doing work? Yeah, I think that's going to happen. Um, I think an intrinsic part of being made in the image of God is our creativity, hmm. um, is our drive to accomplish things, is our drive to change the world around us. Like yeah. Those are all qualities that we see in God that as his image bearers, yeah. we possess because we are bearing his image. Yeah. So, um, in a perfect world where we allow, where we are are um, empowered and, and re reconstructed to be perfect image bearers mm-hmm. again, 
I think that stays. I don't, I don't see why that would be removed. Yeah, I have, I have no, um, no problem with that. I actually really enjoy it. I like what you said about creation and create and creativity. Like that is intrinsically who God is. And if we are created in his image, then we reflect back to him uh, what is within us that he's created us to be. And so we are creative beings and that's all pre-fall, right? Yeah. So if if we go from creation to new creation, are we still creating in a sense? And does that in- yeah. involve work? And like, you know, I've had conversations with people, will we still eat? And, we'll, and I'm like, I mean... I feel, I feel like... I, yeah. Will we need to eat? I probably not. We wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't need it for sustenance. But like can I enjoy like a meal? Like yeah. there's just something I, I, I mean, I'm Jesus, a huge foodie. Jesus liked to eat. Right. Like, <laughs> and he ate after he was resurrected, right? He had Yeah. He had yeah. fish and chips. Or not fish and chips, but like he had <laughs> He had fish with Peter. And <laughs> and so like but then I, I get, so I love a really good grilled steak, but, yeah. you know, like, do we have to, sorry to be weird about this, but do we have to kill a cow to get the steak in heaven to eat the steak? You know, somebody was asking me this. Yeah. It's like, let's play this out. And I don't know. I don't, you know, yeah. I enjoy food. There's something about flavors uh, of things and you know, garlic and onions and so cilantro quite, and all this other stuff. in that vein for you, because yeah. this is one of the areas where I'm learning and trying to understand scripturally yeah was there meat eating before the fall yeah that's a, <laughs> I, me, i've been in this conversation like with vegans and vegetarians yeah. um, but i'm not i don't know i, I mean it a lot. i don't i had a seminary professor who said sometimes we're addicted to the shrapnel of scripture like we get down to the, we, we blow it all up yeah. and get it down into these tiny tiny little pieces to see if we can get every little detail yeah and some details we're just not gonna see <laughs> And that's okay. And I'm like, I really like learning from you. Um, (laughs) And so, I don't know. (laughs) I don't, and it's all in how you view Genesis one and two, and how you read it. Ultimately, has no bearing. No, it doesn't. So I don't know. I but like somebody talked about once um, years ago. We were talking about you know creating art and in heaven, and you know that there's beauty in that, but also like. So we move from creation to new creation. We move from a garden to a city. Yeah. Uh, the way John describes it in Revelation yeah. is that it's, a, it's now a city. Well, what do you think of when you think of a city? And granted, you have to make room for some mystery and all of that because it is the, uh, to use a nerdy term, eschaton. Yeah. Um, when all, all is made new and we can't even fathom what that's going to be like. But if in our finite brains we imagine a city, in a city there's... there's it's bustling, right? There's things happening. There's movement. Um, might that mean that we're conducting work in in that sense? And I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's what yeah. is meant by the description yeah. of it being in a the, city. In the context of, I mean, you know, this the context of um, a city gate. And scripture is really interesting too, because if yeah. you if you apply uh, a Hebrew Israelite context to that, like. The, the gate was, I believe, the place of like commerce and yep. business, and it was like a custom. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like that. So that's where things kind of happened. Like yeah. it wasn't just like this is a place people are going in and out. Like this yeah. is a, a center of activity. So it applies right. to the city metaphor as well. And the gates are always it's open. Interesting. Yeah, they're yeah. they're never shut. Yeah, which is cool. It's like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, that's that could be a whole other topic for another day. But 
Oh, so, okay, so that's my big sort of existential <laughs> question. My more practical question then is, so what do we as ministry workers, what do you as a youth pastor say to kids? Like, am I, should I go to college? Do I have to go to college? Yeah. And, yeah. and then, so th- that's one part. Hold, yeah, put a yeah, pin yeah, in that yeah. for a second. You also have parents who were maybe raised differently uh, with a different mindset who, where a parent might say, no, that's not a qu- you Absolutely, you're going to college. There, there's no choice. Like, if you want to make money in this world, you have to go to college. Yeah. And I'm not saying all parents think that way, but yeah. if you have those two different thoughts, you have a student who's saying, no, I just I want to find out what I'm gifted at. And yeah, that may or may not include college. Yes. Versus a parent who says, you know, no, you, you don't have a choice in the matter. You're going to college. Yeah. Now here you are in the middle of it trying to help students balance like, yeah, but like what has God gifted you to do? Talk me through that a little yeah. bit. So I, I think I think there's a balancing point on both sides because um, on both sides I, I can see where they're coming from and I think yeah. there is truth, but I also don't ever want to be like, say students are right, parents are wrong, parents are right, students are wrong because it's it's more nuanced than that. Uh, so on the side of like, what do I do with a student who is trying to figure out what they're good at? Like, obviously encourage that. Yeah. We, we've talked about this. Like, work is, in this podcast, work is a part of being an image bearer of God. Like, yeah. part of what God wants to do is for you to discover your gifts. Uh, spiritual gifts or just the talents he has latently given you which I, I would argue are tied pretty close together yep. um, and he wants you to take those and he has a plan for how you're going to use those and how you're going to bring him glory so yes explore that um, one of the things I think it's important to talk about when we're talking about gifts though is understanding that like it's going to be a process mm-hmm. um, as we learn our gifts sometimes we learn um baby gifts, gifts that we think this is a way God has gifted us, um, but we don't feel like we have grown into that yet. Okay. So, yes, we need to discover our gifts, but also it's going to be a process of working and uh, developing those gifts and sure. seeing where God takes those gifts, because I think one of the traps we can fall into is, like, the gifts God has given me are only the things that come super easily, like, breathing to me. Yeah. And that's not necessarily true. Um, I, one of the experiences I had, like, going into ministry... I like, yeah, this relational stuff and all this stuff. I love that. I want to do that. Ooh, this preaching stuff. Like, I'm literally terrified of public speaking. Mm-hmm. So that's just not a gift. Um, and then I got to this place where I started preaching, and people said, like, you're not half bad at this. You're not half bad. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm terrified. Like, yeah. y'all are telling me I'm calm, and inwardly I'm, like, sure. having nervous breakdowns. Um, but it, it, in there where I, I started to wonder, like, is this actually something God – has given me some talent to do, even though it feels like there's no way I can be good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took more teaching, it t- and it's still a process, like I'm still yeah. learning, but it took more like teaching and growing and learning to understand that like this is something God has given me to do, and something that he's given me talents to do, mm-hmm. even if I'm not securing those talents. Sure. So I never, yeah, I, I guess one of the things about uh, youth, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for, uh, when we talk about what we're good at, it's not always just going to be the things that come easily to us. Okay. There's going to be some things that we have to work on. So for that student, I would say let's figure it out together. Let's also try some stuff that you feel like you're not good at mm-hmm. because you actually might be good at it and God may be trying to grow that talent in you. So um, I would also, I guess all that to say that got, that got caught with it, but all that to say like I would encourage the student to try lots of things, yeah. not just the things that are immediately apparent. Yeah. Because um, that's also how we sometimes just 
kind of trip over plans God has for us that we didn't even consider. Yeah. Um, because we had the specific idea of what God wanted. Um, for the parent who grew up in a context and culture of you have to go to college to be successful, that one I would say statistically is not true, and I should have brought stats with me. Um, I didn't know you were going to ask this question. <laughs> um, but I, I, I know there are stats out there that show the, the sp- disparity between people um, graduating from college, particularly in our, our age bracket, and not getting into their career right. for a number of years. Um, right. Actually, my wife Jasmine um, had this happen. She, she went to school to be a nurse. Uh, she graduated. She's like, I'm a nurse, most demand job yeah. in America. Yep. I'm going to have no problem. She couldn't find a job for a year. Hmm. Um, and she ended, ended up like not working for a year right. after she got out of college. And she was really confused. Like, But everyone told me like I was going right. to... Uh, and not to share too much of her story for her, but like it was confusing for her because mm-hmm. she was like, I, I was told this would be so easy to find a job and that I'd graduate college and go right into it sure. and be done. And that wasn't the case. And um, just from personal experience, that has been the case with a lot of people our age. So I, I am leery of that narrative because yeah. I don't think it's true, especially for our generation and lower. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's true. So I would be, I would be nervous to completely operate on that narrative yeah if that makes sense and I don't know maybe you have yeah well and my my experience probably isn't going to be helpful I mean it's not going to be helpful in the conventional sense and what here's what I mean is I that's all I I just assume like I'm supposed to go to college and I'll figure it out once I get there yeah and like that's really expensive you know like that was an expensive like I guess I'll go figure it out I'm still paying for it you know (laughs) and and so um I went, and every every kid in my class went to college. I, I can't think of a single... So I, small school, graduated with 80 other people in my senior class, and every single person went to a four-year college, a liberal arts college or university. Yeah. And I went for two years and had no idea. what I, I, I didn't flourish in that environment. Um I didn't know what I wanted to be. I, I was good at art. I was good yeah. at drawing. So I'm yeah. like, well, I guess I, I guess I'm an art major. I, I don't know. And, and of course, you know, all artists are guaranteed highly lucrative jobs coming out of a four year school. Right. Um, so no direction, no discipline really in any kind of study habits. Yeah. Um, and just, I don't know. I, it just wasn't a good environment for me. I made a lot of destructive decisions too. I was doing, yeah. I was, working through my own, um, I guess, moral uh, issues and faith and all those things. I was, a, I was a Christian, but, like, I certainly wasn't living it all out. And um, so all that to say, I, I shouldn't be the model <laughs> for, for parents or students to look at and be like, follow his path, you know. Yeah. Um, dropped out after two years of college and realized I needed to be in a better environment where I was going to be uh, I was going to make better decisions and I was going to figure out some things that weren't going to have a huge cost associated with them. So I went to go work at a Bible camp. I was a maintenance guy. Like I yeah. fixed bunk beds and unclogged toilets and raked yeah. leaves and kind of helped out on the weekends with these like weekend retreats that would come in of students uh, from from various churches. And while I was there, realized, oh my gosh, I really really enjoy this I, re- I enjoyed the part where I got to work with students yeah. and um and it was a bible camp that I had grown up going to as a kid and throughout 
just two years of being there, felt like I had a, I guess, a two-year ministry certificate. I wouldn't say a degree by any means, but just consumed all of the things, just, just like took it all in, just loved it, loved what I was learning, and realized like I think I'm, I think I'm called to like a full-time ministry job, yeah. and was able to get a job at a church after that point eventually. Um, I had to do some other odd jobs in order to get to that point. But then once I got a full-time job at a church working in youth ministry, I realized, okay, now now I know what I really want to do. And I went back to school, finished my undergrad, um, paid a lot of money to do that, and still paying, and then realized, no, I really want to be a pastor, you know, not yeah. just work in ministry. I want to be a pastor specifically. So I went back to school again to get a seminary degree. And I didn't finish until I had three kids and was, I think, 30 years old when I graduated from seminary. So, like, yeah. that is a non-traditional route yes. and an expensive one. And yeah. I, I hesitate to encourage students to just, just go the traditional route because that has a very uh, large financial impact if yeah. you choose to go that route. Um, and so I would be very careful to just f- now if you if your family has the means yeah, to make absolutely. that decision and you can experiment by going to a four year college and it's not going to cost you yeah. or it's not going to be uh, a major hit to your finances. Sure, I get go yeah. for it, you know, but like I just think it's not an easy decision. Yeah, and I also think this narrative of like that's the only way to truly be uh, this freaky chair is going to be a problem. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for the listeners who have to hear Roger's squeaky chair. Um, there's this narrative, too, that, like, to be successful in America and to make money, you have to go to college. Right. But if you talk to any trades guy, like, who's working in the trades right now, all you hear from guys like that is, like, no, we, we need help. They cannot like, fill enough positions. cannot fill enough positions. Yeah. Like, and I listen to them talk about, like, their what they get paid and, like, how right. like, financially stable they are. And they're like, can I... Maybe I need to go do that for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, that's not true. There's, like, other ways, um, again, to go back to what we're talking about, like, that money is not everything. Your finances should not drive yeah. your identity. But there are plenty of ways to put food on the table. Yeah. And they don't all require college. Yeah. Um, or a master's degree either. Like, right. There's more options. Right. Too. So I would, yeah. I watched This Old House with my son and, and my daughters. <laughs> uh one of my daughters and my son love watching this old house and they they're 10 and 8 and they all they talk about is like we're going to build our own house in the yeah. in the woods like and i'm like C- yes C- I, i'm C- going to let them C- just thing, right? no uh C- this old house is it's been on for years on pbs pbs okay and, it sounds familiar but i can't remember and they they have been they talk a lot about like it's okay like fig- figure out a trade yeah. you know and then you're not going to be paying thousands and thousands of dollars in debt and like there's there's plenty of jobs out there yeah i used to babysit for a family the dad used to be in the video game industry and he got burnt out and then he decided to speak uh start a business making these really awesome sci-fi like novelty Hmm. sculptures in his basement like that's how he fed his family and there's a market for that yeah. Sorry, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry for all the science fiction sculptors listening <laughs> right now. I'm, I apologize for not knowing that. Yeah, uh, that, but no, it's so awesome. cool. Because I go in his basement, and he's got, like, this, like, art studio, and, like, this is cool culture. I'm like, this is what you do to make a living. So, yeah, yeah all that to say, like, there are, there are so many more ways yeah. than just 
go to college, uh, right. get a desk job. And, and I think a lot of what we're talking about, we're, we're talking in the future sense, like this is what you should think about for the future, but yes. there's also a, a, a very present sense to what we're talking about too. And you started getting into you know, learning about how God has wired you and gifted you. And yeah. we even have an opportunity to do that um, here yes. at Life Church, we talk about life journey, right? Yep. And there's different phases throughout the life journey. One of them is advance, um, where we we talk through all of those things: your gifts, yeah. your like your spiritual gifts. Uh, you might take some other personality assessments to try to learn a little bit more about who you are. And students can do this too, right? Like they can learn about who they are right now and contribute to the kingdom of God right yeah. now in this moment. Yeah. It's not like just waiting until you're in your twenties. To then now you can actually like make a difference in the world or whatever. Yeah, and we're gonna yeah, we're gonna start talking about that a lot more uh, coming up. Right, we'll, we'll save that. <laughs> right, um, we've talked about a lot. Yes, we could probably close things down um, a little bit. I what what's a what sort of a final concluding tip that you would yeah. want to get across so as we I'm finish up get to the two questions I wrote down because I think they're, they're good filters. And okay. Often what I try to ask students as I'm kind of coaching them through thinking about this, thinking about like what, what can I think about right now about mm-hmm. my future. Uh, so the two, two things I wrote down was uh, two questions to ask yourself as a student, um, even if you're in middle school. Like yes. You don't have to be a senior in high school to mm-hmm. ask questions. Uh, what has God put in me to put into the world for his glory? Hmm. Um, so God's given us a lot. Um, First Corinthians talks about spiritual gifts, so we have these spiritual gifts that were specifically given to us for the, the purpose of ministering to other people. Yep, building um, up the church. Yeah, building yep. up the church. So, and Psalms talks about how God has knit um, knit us together in our, yeah. hair and our heads, so he has given us physical attributes and traits. Yep. Um, and then Colossians takes all of that and, and really talks about uh, how God has put us together, knitted who we are, for the purpose of bringing His His glory. Mm-hmm. So that question, really, what has God put into me? So what what gifts and talents has God put into me? Has given me specifically as an individual. Um, he understanding that He's given me those gifts for a purpose, mm-hmm. and that that purpose is to is to uh, glorify Him. Mm-hmm. So those are all. Those are that's kind of a lot and a heavy sentence. But yep. those are the three uh, the three things that I really encourage students to think about is what what has God put in me. How am I going to put that back in the world? And am I putting that back in the world, into the world in a way that glorifies God? Mm-hmm. So those are all like things to think about. Um, so, and, and the important thing as students, like those are things that you have right now. Um, and some of them may be like, I, to use the weird phrase used earlier, baby gifts. Like yep. they may just be something you're just discovering, developing, but those mm-hmm. gifts are in you now. Like it's not like you turn 18 and suddenly God, you know, sends the Holy Spirit to dump a bunch of gifts on you <laughs> on your 18th birthday. Like, you have them now. It's right. already put them in you. It's already, and some of them may change. That's something about spiritual gifts too that I'm learning is like things may change and look differently mm-hmm. as you get older, and some of those may shift. But you have stuff now. Um, and the other, the last question I want us to close on, I think it's important, is uh, ask yourself what it will cost. Yeah. Um, not just financially. Yeah, not just financially. Mm-hmm. And, and and actually, when we talk about what it will cost, that's one of the things like. And I think you and I have had to think this through because we're we're in a field that historically is not the most lucrative. Sure. Um, so part of going into the ministry was, I know at least for me, was that was asking myself, is that okay? Can I be at peace with the idea that what God has called me to do will not be the most lucrative thing, um, but it's going to have to be 
obedient to the call that God has given me. Um, and again, not that every student should go into ministry, yeah. but maybe what God is calling us to do as we consider the gifts that are in us and how we're going to glorify him is move that, you know, make the most money down a couple of steps or maybe even to the bottom of the ladder of yeah. how we evaluate what we're going to do. Right. Um, and yeah, just, I, I think we always have to be asking what it will cost. Like, what will it cost for me to do things God way, God's way? Will it cost me time? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be a longer process than just getting a four-year degree and getting the workforce? Is he calling me to something that's going to take more years than that? Is this finances? Uh, is this relationships? Is he calling me to do something with my life that is going to upset the friends and family around me? Because mm-hmm. um, I think especially right now with uh, conversations that are happening in our culture, for a lot of people that's a reality. Is like yeah. God's calling me into these conversations and these places that are going to cost me relationships. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think that's something to consider is, is what, will, what will it cost me to take the things that God has put in me to glorify him in the world. Cool. Let's close it there. Um, as we finish, uh, we've been talking with Roger, our youth director, and talking specifically about youth, but I think this is certainly relevant for families to talk about, parents to talk about. Uh, for all of us, really, to think about it, you, you could be 40 years old and still be wondering, what is, what do I want to be when I grow up? You know, yeah. uh, what does God want me to do? Those are all great questions to continually ask yourself. Um, very practically speaking, logistically speaking, Roger, uh, for any listeners who don't have their youth currently involved, yep. um, can you give us some details about yep. youth ministry here at yep. Left Church? 6.30, we meet uh, 6.30 to 8 p.m. every Wednesday. Okay. Um, this is a time where we gather uh, for teaching, to hear from God's Word. Uh, we gather to have discussions about that in our small groups with our awesome small group leaders, which mm-hmm. every great group has one. Yep. Um, they are here all throughout the year, just eager to hang out with students, to build relationships, and to coach them about some of these hard things we've been yeah. talking about. Uh, and then once a month right now, we do worship. Just gather as a youth community to worship together what God is doing in our community and in the lives of our students. Um, and all of this happens in the context of masks and um, social distancing. We are being uh, as safe as we possibly can be and taking the precautions we need to so that we can keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and if people don't feel comfortable, you are uh, almost weekly you're recording a video yeah. teaching. And yes. so um, they can access that by going to uh, the youth section of our website, yep. lifechurchcanton.org. Um, and finding some of those videos yep. if they want some teaching from home and they can discuss some of those things at home with their families if yeah, they want and to. Yeah, usually, we usually throw the small group questions in the comments too. So awesome. Can, um, even if a family doesn't make it on a Wednesday, they can watch the video and have that conversation at home. Perfect. If this is your first time listening to this podcast and you haven't connected with us yet, make sure to go to lifechurchcanton.org slash now. And then uh, right at the top there, there's an opportunity to click on Connect Card. You can click on that, uh, fill out some information about yourself, let us know who you are, and we can help you take next steps to get connected, whether you live in the Canton area or not. Uh, We have people engaging with us from, I think, St. Louis, somebody from Syracuse, New York. Uh, So we're we're trying to find ways to connect with people uh, from anywhere. So have a wonderful rest of your day. Roger, thanks for being with us. Yeah, see you soon.